0: What's up? I'm Amanda Costco, and you're listening to the Electric Runway Podcast, a podcast exploring the intersection of fashion and technology. Fashion and technology are having a moment and it's not just me who's noticing. Museums, those vaults of history and society, are clearly paying attention to the impact of technology on fashion. Late last fall, the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York announced the theme for this year's Met Gala and exhibition will be Menace Ex Machina, Fashion in the Age of Technology. Around the same time, the High Museum of Atlanta launched its exhibit on Dutch designer Iris van Herpen. And two weeks ago, the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston opened its doors to textile that's T-E-X-T-S-T-Y-L-E, an exhibit exploring the relationship between digital and design when it comes to fashion. Museums provide a curated look at culture, and it's clear that there's enough happening at the intersection of fashion and technology to warrant whole exhibits. More than that, it's clear that what's happening right now with 3D printing and digital fabrication is marking a movement where everything's changing. On today's show, we're gonna speak with Michelle Finnamore. Museum of Fine Art in Boston's Penny Vinnick Curator of Fashion Art. Basically the woman who has the best job ever. She gets to pay attention to what's happening in fashion and textiles and acquire pieces on behalf of the museum. Then stay tuned, later on the show we catch up with Francesca Rosella of Cute Circuit to learn more about her special commission for the exhibit and her thoughts on fashion tech in the museum, on the runway, and in the streets. It's an exciting episode and it starts right now. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm delighted to chat with you today. Michelle, you are the MFA's uh, Penny Vinick Curator of Fashion Arts. Am I saying that properly? Uh, It's Penny Vinick Vinick. Curator of Fashion Arts. Mm -hmm. What made the Museum of Fine Arts decide to curate an exhibit focused on the intersection of fashion and tech? I am the
1: curator of 20th and 21st century fashion arts, and um, as I'm curating contemporary fashion as well as fashion from the past, I have to stay abreast of what current trends are, and we're always trying to make acquisitions for the museum's permanent collection that represent what is happening at the moment. Uh, Sometimes it's very difficult to decide what should rise to the top, because the fashion world is so broad and so big, and there's so much happening, and there's so much coming down the runways, but there's one piece in particular that has become... Really, the centerpiece of the exhibition, as well as the signature image for the show, and it's addressed by Iris van Herpen from the Netherlands and Neri Oxman, who's from the MIT Media Lab. And when I saw the dress, I knew Neri was working on the dress because I had visited her at the MIT Media Lab, and she had mentioned it. And I kind of tracked the progress, and when I saw it come down the runway. In Paris in 2013, I thought, wow, this dress captures not only a moment in fashion history, but it also captures this really amazing collaborative effort that's happening right now between the fashion and the tech world. And I thought it would be an important moment in time to capture for the collection. So it's a 3D printed dress. Iris Herpen is this incredibly futuristic, forward-thinking designer in terms of how not only she perceives fashion and how she thinks about fashion's interaction with the body and the space around the body, but also in the way she is extremely interested in taking these new technologies that are still kind of on the cusp of exploration in terms of wearables and really collaborating to create something that's a completely unique art piece as well as something that's wearable. So. it it represented this moment in time in terms of 3D printing technology that I thought was a really nice phenomenon to capture. So we acquired that dress, and within the Department of Textile Fashion Arts, I co-curated this exhibition with Pam Parmel and Lauren Whitley, and we had, you know, we've been making some acquisitions that, if you're making acquisitions of contemporary fashion, you're bound to the purchasing and collecting and having donations of garments that are digitally printed, for example, garments that are laser cut, and we already had a body of material to draw from, and then just as we started looking more deeply into it, we realized that there's this really exciting synergy happening right now between fashion technology and wouldn't this be a really wonderful subject for an exhibition. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Started reaching reaching out to designers, really following what was coming down the runways, thinking about who was doing exciting work right now, but also thinking about what will be exciting in the future in terms of how these technologies are going to be applied in the fashion world. So that's how it all began. As,
0: yeah. as I understand it, there's a number of garments on display that react to voice or your phone. So tell us about mm-hmm. these ones.
1: We have the exhibition divided into three sections. One, we have an introductory section that introduces you to who we consider the pioneers, fashion designers have been working at this fashion technology nexus for quite a long time. And then we have one side dealing with production, which is really more specifically about different processes like 3D printing, laser cutting, LED-embedded clothing and then the other side of the show is on performance and one thing that i think is really fascinating about clothing right now and this exploration that's happening is that there are designers who are really moving beyond the garment as solely a garment and it really is interacting with the world that surrounds it like the unseen for example There are a couple of these beautiful leather capes that look almost like feathers um, or feathered capelets that are made out of leather and they're embedded with this color change dye and they react to the environment in different ways. So one reacts to heat, another one reacts to light. They developed another one that we couldn't really fit in the case that um, also reacts to wind pressure and wind around the body. We found it fascinating that there are designers kind of thinking about how do you bring clothing to the next level so it really acts as this very new and unusual interface between the body and the environment and the wearer. So we also have one that's voice-activated, which is quite fascinating, or noise-activated. So music can set it off as well. We have another dress, which is called the Dizest Dress, that was designed by Hussein Shalayan for a ballet called Gravity Fatigue, and it questions the idea of a dress being a stagnant garment, because it's robotically controlled, and so it explores this notion that perhaps one day we will wear clothes that operate independently of us. Yeah. It's, it's kind of an interesting concept, <laughs> but the cute circuit dress, for example, you know, you can send messages to it that appear across the surface of these LEDs, or you can send animations to it as well. Mm-hmm. And so if you think about the future potential for these garments embedded with LEDs, you know, we may be able to communicate not solely through our phones, which we're doing so actively now but also through the garments we're wearing as well
0: so how does this level of interactivity inform the way you present the garments on display because if you think of a museum it's usually paintings hanging on a wall so how how does that how does that change the way you curate and think about designing a space
1: Yeah, well, it it definitely does, and we really had a lot more challenges than we normally would. I mean, I think that because it's a contemporary fashion exhibition, there are some parallels with contemporary art, for example. We've had a lot of installations of contemporary art that are interactive, that incorporate video and projection and motion as well, and that's what these garments do Mm -hmm. also. So when... Some of them you can interact with. For example, the MFA Cute Circuit Dress. That one you can kind of go to the iPad. You can send it to animations. The voice activated top and shorts by Ying Gao. We only have it turned on a couple hours a week, from Wednesday on Wednesday from one to two and six to seven, because we're a little worried about the robotics wearing down because it's quite a long show. But for all of them, if they're not actually moving, like the possessed dress is in, in motion, we have videos accompanying them, which show you how they would react.
0: I'm so looking forward to coming to Boston and visiting. Michelle, Great. thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate okay, you're it. welcome. Yeah, and let me know if you do come. I'll be happy to uh, show you around. Great. Thanks, Michelle. Okay. That was Michelle Finnemore, one of the curators responsible for Textile, an exhibit on now at the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston. One of the pieces commissioned specifically for the exhibit was by Cute Circuit, a company known for its wearable couture worn by the likes of Katy Perry, among others. In addition to creating one offs and concept pieces, Cute Circuit has actually successfully brought a number of products to market, including clutches, shoes, dresses, and even now t shirts. Right now, we speak with Francesca Rosella, the creative director of Cute Circuit. Francesca, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Hi, Amanda. So, we understand that the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston commissioned a special piece from Cute Circuit for their textile exhibit. Tell
2: us about it. Yes, the piece is called the Cute Circuit MTA dress, and basically it's a beautiful evening gown made out of black silk Josette. Uh, that has these beautiful uh, vertical decorations of Swarovski crystals in um, multiple strands, sort of like on chains that are gold-plated and uh, rose gold-plated and silver-plated. So it looks really beautiful. It's sort of like this long, beautiful evening gown. And then when you're walking, there are these Swarovski chains that swing, sort of like a flapper dress. So it makes this really beautiful shimmering effect.
0: I mean it's beautiful I've seen pictures we'll put a picture up on the blog so that our listeners can take a look now this dress has an interactive component too yes
2: yes of course so basically the dress has uh a been embedded with about 11,000 micro-LEDs. And that's what we call magic fabric. That is a fabric that we developed that is all textile and then makes all the surface of the dress come alive with animations and videos and even tweets. So how the dress is set up in the exhibition at the museum is that uh, the dress is just like beautifully standing there and uh, and then there is an iPad on the side and through the iPad you can decide which kind of animation you want to see or if you want to send a tweet you just use the MFA Museum hashtag and all your tweets will appear on the dress. And the thing that we did that was very special for the museum was that we looked at some of the masterpieces in their art collection and we fell in love of course with the Hokusai Wave and uh, with the Ellsworth Kelly super colorful tableau. And so we said, well, why don't we animate all these masterpieces? Why don't we make them come to life on the dress? And so we spent a very long time creating animations of all these pieces and transforming it into a media that could swirl around the dress. And especially the wave, I think it looks absolutely amazing. It's really magical to see it come alive and also for people that visit the exhibition and visit the museum on the same day, they they really get this sort of dialogue going between the art through the centuries and then what can happen in the future and the interactivity. I'm so excited to go to
0: Boston and see it. So how are you actually powering the dress to make sure it's in operation throughout the summer?
2: In the museum, the dress is simply plugged into the mains. Oh, <laughs> that was much <laughs> easier. If you were to go out with the dress, you would just have a battery pack, uh, but and you would charge it USB like we do with the pieces from our ready-to-wear and home couture collection. So, if you were to go to the red carpet wearing that dress, then you would have a battery pack. But since the dress. Is installed in the museum. Is not walking anyway. <laughs>
0: <Anywhere>. <laughs> we, we hope not, anyway.
2: <laughs> a night at the museum, you know, night at the museum, right? Yeah. So <laughs> uh, the little dresses in the gallery are gonna have a party. <laughs> yeah. um,
0: so, so, Francesca, Cute Circuit seems to be interested in this interplay between mobile technology and wearable technology. I'm wondering what it is about this interplay that interests you.
2: I think the thing that really interested us when we first started the company, that is about like a few years ago now, was the idea of like fashion is used to express yourself. So if I wear something that is very colorful, very bright, I want to show people that I'm a really happy person. Or maybe if I'm wearing something that is darker and more subdued, is that, oh, I don't really want you to look at me today, I just need to do my (laughs) things. Yeah. Um, So I think that there is this idea that if we add a layer of interactive technology or telecommunication to clothing, then we can use this to connect people in a different way. And so I think that the thing that we're really interested in is like, how do we bring people together? Because sometimes when people think about technology, they think about people sitting at the table having lunch together, but then they're all staring at their own iPhones. Right instead we thought, well, why don't we bring all this social media that people are so addicted to, but then let's make it part of the garment. let's make it part of the experience of sharing this information together, sharing the experience together, and that's why we included uh, Twitter and uh, photos and videos, so that instead of staring at your screen, you'll start chatting with your friends again, because that becomes a media that is part of your garment. you don't need to be so focused on it anymore. And I think it's, I mean, it's interesting that sometimes people think, oh, but if you have all this media in your clothing instead of normal clothing then you're never going to be switched off but I think the thing that is very nice about wearable technology is that if you want you can switch it off but at the same time when it is on it has to do something amazing
0: Right, and it's interesting to me that rather than staring at our screens, we're becoming our screens. Our bodies are becoming the interface, and it's very exciting for fashion because fashion has sort of always understood that, but now we're adding this this digital layer.
2: Yeah, I think like in the like the vision that we have for the future is that you know all the boxes that we have to carry with us today, such as mobile phones and cameras, we think like bracelets. We think that all of this is going to disappear, and all this technology that is becoming super tiny is just going be embedded into our garments and then our garments are going to be sort of a second skin that connects us to people to places so that if I want I can turn it on and have these magical powers and really feel this sense of empowerment about being able to communicate and express myself in many different ways so I, I like the idea that you're sort of like a Clark Kent figure you can can be like very normal during the day and then all of a sudden switch on your garment and you have these magic powers
0: so in addition to producing conceptual art pieces and commissions for places like the MFA Boston uh, Cute Circuit is also unique in that the company has a number of commercially available goods tell us about some of these
2: Oh yes, okay, I'll tell you some of my favorite Okay, some of her are the shoes and the handbags, because of course I'm already a shoe and handbag collector, so the first thing we said as soon as we decided that we were going to show and we got fashion week we're like, okay, we're doing the collection and we're doing the dresses, but I think we really need to have accessories, so immediately shoes and handbags, boom, we had to make them happen, and the thing that is really nice about those is that they're both manufactured in Italy, uh, so we found some really lovely Italian factories that know how to make accessories fantastically well. And the handbags, they are um, embedded with what we call the white magic instead of magic fabric, <laughs> because white magic is all like white and it's like very tiny spaces in between the LEDs, so it's really nice, smooth surface to create messages. And, um, and then it has the structure of the bag made out of brass, but the brass is um, coated either in uh, rose gold or in actual gold or palladium or ruthenium. They're all noble metals and they have different shades of color. And uh, I really like how the finish of the surface is because it looks really beautiful. You can tell that it's a beautiful product, but then it has these interactive functionalities. And the thing that is nice about the whole ready collection is that you can control it with an iPhone app that is called Q. And basically through Q, you can see your whole wardrobe. So if you have your handbag turned on and your jacket turned on and your uh, miniskirt on, then you see and you say, oh, you can connect to either one and just decide if you want one to display your messages and one to show you blooming flowers and so on. So I think that there is this playfulness and interactivity that is an element now of all the collection. So up
0: until very recently, as I understand it, Cute Circuit has produced, you know, high fashion, haute couture, uh, but it seems like we're seeing more accessible items. Like I noticed on your website recently, there's the Pioneer t-shirt. Are you dreaming of a future where everybody's wearing Cute
2: Circuit? Of course we are! <laughs> yes, but I think because like sometimes when you first start a company, especially if you're trying to do something really innovative that didn't exist before, you, you have to start, and it's much more expensive to manufacture, so of course you do like... Uh, uh, we did museum pieces like uh, 10 years ago as well, and uh, and then all, very slowly you say, oh, this can be a stage show costume, and then you say, oh, actually now it can be ready to wear. And uh, so I think that the idea that like we transforms like blue sky concepts into something that is ready to wear now and is actually affordable because the ready to wear collection is between like 100 pounds uh, to like 5000 of course 5000 you get a really beautiful dress that you can wear to go to magnificent parties mm-hmm. but then in between you have jackets t-shirts the shoes the handbags so i think it's important that we are making this become affordable because I think that fashion has to change a bit the manufacturing paradigm because right now everybody is thinking about oh I have to manufacture millions of t-shirts and they have to cost five pounds each. That in order to do that you have to get workers that are paid very little and suffer. And we do not like to do that. All the things that we manufacture, we manufacture them in a very ethical manner. So, for example, the factories here in the UK or in Italy, they have a longer run- lunch break than I do. <laughs> and <laughs> the very happy and they're very cheerful people. And we are not just like using them... Uh, and manner.
0: Mm-hmm. So I
2: think that, of course, we manufacture a product that is more expensive. It's not the five-pound T-shirt, but at the same time, it's an extremely high-quality product made with um, fabrics that are non-toxic. They're certified Ecotex, so there's no pesticides. And also, they're made very well, so they last much longer. So that was the whole idea of having garments and then the, having an app that controls them. Because instead of manufacturing like, millions of garments, we manufacture less garments, but then we can download thousands of digital files to them.
0: Yeah, so. there's that personalization aspect. I mean, I always knew about cute circuits, customization and personalization, you know, features, but I really didn't know about the ecological and social agenda as well to the company. So that's fascinating to learn.
2: Yeah, you know, why? because sometimes well, when people think, oh, you're doing very nobody clothing, you're using electronics, uh, did you think about the fact that you might be polluting the environment? Um, which uh, materials are you putting in your clothes? Uh, is it going to be toxic or something? And so since the beginning, because when we first started the company, we actually spent a few years in Italy. Italy was the first European country to adopt the ROHS restrictions on hazardous substances uh, laws. And so immediately the first collection, the first electronics that we manufactured was completely without lead, without cadmium, without all these dangerous substances. So it was much easier for us to go ahead from then on because Basically, we started already very ecologically friendly, and um, You just had to continue keeping up your standards. So what we have in the government is something we call the Kid Circuit Gold Standard, because of course there aren't many standards (laughs) for wearable technology, so we just invented our own. (laughs) (laughs) And so basically, in our gold standard, we say, how is it manufactured? what did the workers do? Where were they located? Which materials did we use? How long is it going to last? Because we want have our garments to last. And then we also have a recycling program. So that if you really get bored of your garment, I don't know how you would do that, but if you do, <laughs> and you really decide you want to change your lifestyle at that point, you can send the garment back to us and we can recycle parts of it and just make sure that nothing ends up in a landfill. That's Fantastic. That, uh, yeah, yeah we, we, it's like it's hard to that we' like it because it's being a small company we don't sell these millions of garments so it's easier if somebody ever wanted to send something to us but so far nobody has sent us anything back so
0: I can't imagine <laughs> so, why they would the, the yeah. everything is so fun yeah
2: no i think it's i think it's it's fun because sometimes like there are people that bought something like even two or three years ago and then they sent us a little message or an Instagram photo and say, hi, I'm still wearing it. (laughs) It's
0: nice to see. Of course, yeah. So Francesca, as someone who seems to really have hit the nail on the head in terms of blending fashion and technology, what would you say that fashion can learn from technology and vice versa? What do you think technology can learn from fashion?
2: I don't, know, I don't know if you know the whole story, like, when I was very young, like, um, my first job out of school was in Valentino, that's why I'm so much into embroidering and evening wear, because I spend, like, my time looking at the seamstresses doing these beautiful things, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it has to be precious, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, like, of course, you get to electronics, and then you want to manufacture electronics to be inside the beautiful evening gown. And you're like, oh, they don't quite go together, right? They don't didn't look that pretty in the beginning. And, uh, I mean, we're called cute circuits, so we have to make everything look good. <laughs> yeah. And, and so basically, the like in the beginning, we got really frustrated because we couldn't find an engineer that could design a circuit that looked beautiful. And that's something that sometimes is very hard to communicate like in the electronics industry why the inside of a product should look beautiful and not just the outside. Hmm. And uh, on the other side of the coin, there is, like, the fashion industry, the the things, oh, but it has to be cheap, it has to be cheap. And then it's like, you know, a T-shirt with powers is never going to be the same price as a T-shirt without powers. Because, hey, without powers, that's amazing. So just like a matter of, like, changing sort of the mindset of both industries and trying to make them understand that definitely they're going to go together into the future, because, I mean... Our lifestyles are evolving. Why should fashion be the only thing that is not digital? Yeah, so I think it's also a matter like of the education system. Like if you think about schools, they try to keep the fashion students separate from the engineering students, and I think they should be both learning a language that they could share in order to communicate better. Because I mean, more and more people will want to design collections that do something extraordinary, and then you need to have the tools to at least talk to your engineer friend and say, that looks great, but couldn't we make it work like this? And so then you have to think also about how people use a product because sometimes you see lots of products on the shelves and somebody designed them and but maybe they didn't think about how people would use them and then people end up not buying them. It's like a 360 degree process that should be held both by the education system, creating people that can understand where the future is going. And also the manufacturing industry that has to be a little bit more forward thinking in terms of quantities and quality of manufacturing. Yeah, you're not the first person to have mentioned this idea of the shared
0: language to me when we talk about fashion and technology, and I think that that's really it. There is that these industries need to not only talk to one another but have that you know have that shared language where they can converse with one another.
2: Yeah, because like lately, everybody is tagging articles with the label fashion tech, mm-hmm. and then you read the article, and I think. And maybe you think, and many of our friends think, oh, it must be a new wearable, right? Mm-hmm. And then you read the article, and the article is about the brand so-and-so finally getting an e-commerce website.
0: Right, okay, I see what you're right. saying,
2: yeah. Yes, e-commerce technology has existed for 20 years. Maybe in the beginning it didn't look very pretty, but it, does, it existed before. It's nothing new or revolutionary. And the fact that finally the fashion industry discovered it, because usually in fashion, people just want to go to a store and buy something. And now more people are buying online. So, of course, yes, you can have like a virtual uh, changing room. I don't think that that's like fashion tech. That's like... Retail tech. Retail technology applied to fashion. Because, of course, every, everybody that needs to retail a product needs to have a way of doing it online. So it's just like sometimes there are buzzwords that people apply just to get Bus, but, but then it's not real uh, progress being made in the field.
0: Right, absolutely. Whereas opposed to something like Cute Circuit is actually pioneering new technologies, coming out with new fabrics, and seeing how that can how that can scale.
2: Yes, yeah, it's, it's like no, I'm not just saying, Oh yeah, we're doing it better. No, I just say that the thing is different because lots of people are trying to do clothing than do something special. And lots of people are saying, Oh yeah, we are in the fashion industry and we are really innovating, and here we got a website. <laughs> 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 so, um, Francesca, how can people stay in touch
0: with you and follow Cute Circuit's work?
2: Okay, you can of course follow us on our Instagram and Twitter, and it's Cute Circuit. And then also on our website, when we're not super busy creating (laughs) dresses, uh, we usually update our website. Lately, we've been very naughty. We haven't done that. So you find way more updates on uh, Twitter and Instagram.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll definitely share links on the Electric Runway blog and we'll share some photos. Congratulations on your piece at the MFA Boston. And uh, I look forward to seeing it. And thanks so much for taking the time to speak with me.
2: Thank you so much, Amanda. It was just a pleasure chatting with you today. That was my conversation
0: with Francesca Rosella of Cute Circuit. I love saying her name, Francesca Rosella. Earlier on the show, we heard from Michelle Finnamore, a senior curator at MFA Boston and co-curator of Textile, an exhibit on at the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston until July 10th. We'll put up the link to the exhibit on our blog. As always, we have images to accompany our audio content. To see everything you heard on the program, visit electricrunway.com. For the latest in fashion tech, follow electric underscore runway on Twitter, Instagram, and now Snapchat. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We're available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. Tell your friends. That's it for today's episode. Until next time, here's looking towards the future. episode by Jeff Cale.